everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. I'm Emily Jackson, and this is She's Running, the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. So I had a bit of a rough end to my week last week. It was one of those situations where because of my age or my tenure, people were just not listening to me and not taking me seriously. I'm sure that no one else can identify with that. So I really let it get to me and I put off editing this week's interview because nothing makes you feel more capable or productive than spending all of Saturday in your jammies watching hours of Netflix. Anyway, I finally got around to editing on Sunday and I swear to God, it was like the best therapy session. I felt so much better after I started and it was all because of today's guest, Gretchen Weimhoff. She's so positive and uplifting that just listening to this conversation that we had had a few weeks ago really helped me to get back into the let's do this mode. And honestly, this really happened. Gretchen talks toward the end of our conversation about her generation of women helping to guide younger generations and how a lot of us now are pushing back against the notions of what we can do and what we can't do because we're young or because we're women or because, you know, fill in the blank with whatever. Because here's the thing, I don't want to wait my turn. I don't want to wait until I've got more experience. I don't want to wait for someone to pass me the baton or to call on me or to give me permission. I'm not going to wait until there's a spot for me. My plans aren't on someone else's schedule. If they aren't going to make room for us, we'll do it our damn selves. Okay. Okay. That felt good. That felt real good. So now it's time to talk to Gretchen. Are you ready for the Iditarod? Well, you know, I love the Iditarod. In fact, yeah. whenever I'm out of state, I follow the Iditarod like someone else might follow a football <laughs> game. So, you know, we just, it's, it's what it's mushing up here is really big. The for rendezvous is going mm-hmm. on right now. We just had the world championship sprint dog races and those dogs run fast, whereas the Iditarod dogs run long. Yeah. And so you have stamina, different stamina. Um, so these sprinters can run 25 miles straight at a at a high pace, mm-hmm. whereas the Iditarod dogs, certainly you don't want to wear them out because you want yeah. them to get to the end. So I absolutely love it. And if I don't know if you've ever been to the beginning of a sled dog race, but it is so exciting. The dogs just want to run. I mean, that's what they live for. <laughs> and they're just pulling and pulling. <laughs> and, and then when they run, it's quiet. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you've seen the movies where they're barking and running, that doesn't happen. They're mm-hmm. just boom, they're gone and they're stretched out and they're oh just anyway. I, obviously I, I get excited about it. <laughs> I, I imagine I have not been to one of the, the dog races. I do have a husky though. So oh. I I love seeing all of them and how excited they get and I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's that's my dog. <laughs> yes. And and of course your dog being a husky probably burrows and digs in the dirt. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's and he the, likes to get under the furniture and Of course. Get, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they're they it's just a wonderful experience. So we should probably introduce you here officially. Okay. So who are you and for what are you running? Okay. Well, I'm Gretchen Wemhoff and I'm running for Anchorage Assembly, which is similar to a city council in many states. And I've uh, I've been a teacher. I'm a retired teacher of 25 years and I've been in politics for a little bit simply saying that I ran for state house two times. Mm-hmm. And 
of course I did not win, but that did not mean I lost. Uh, because Ooh, I, I yeah. really, yeah, I really believe that every time you put yourself out there, you're introducing a good person to people who usually stereotype people. So if I go knocking on the door of someone who is never going to vote for someone like me, and we have a great conversation, <laughs> then then it, you know it's a plus because now we've created a relationship, and I really think that that's what it's about in communities. Um, is creating those relationships so that people can trust you and that they at least know where you're coming from and maybe you can feel like they can have a candid conversation. Mm -hmm. So so you never lose, I think. I don't believe I lost. I, I gained so many friends and um, it's really rolling over into this assembly race because a portion of that district that I ran for house is in this area. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have slowed you down any at all. You're, you're <laughs> right back in it. Well, you know, no, there, for a while there was only one man running, and I had decided I would wait to see mm -hmm. if someone I could really support would jump in the race. And I promised myself that, that if no one did, I need to suck it up, I've got the resources, I can just do it. And uh, no one did, except after I s got myself in there, more people signed up. But I'm still in. I'm, I'm, uh, I am so game for this. Awesome. So what what was really your motivating factor for running? Um, I really believe that we need to have people run who have not been on the political side so long that they've forgotten how to be a person. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that. We need to encourage people in our community to run who don't realize what leaders they are. Um, sometimes people are great leaders and, and they just don't realize how much influence they have. So I, I believe in that, but I'm also a strong proponent of a, of a good community where community people help create the policy and it just works its way up. So for instance, community councils in Anchorage are actually very active and so we I really like the idea of working with community councils to reach out to the community, coming up with ideas, hashing them out, and then getting them to the assembly rather than them rather than the assembly sending them down to the community. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm a. Um, I know that there's issues that I would have to cover the entire city, and that's so certainly why I'm I'm running this well. But I really believe that I need to represent the people who I live with. And uh, they have special special needs, and I want to be able to represent them. So which area would you represent? Um, I represent the Chugiak Eagle River area, as well as Fort Richardson, Elmendorf Air Force Base. Of course, now we all call that J-Bear, Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> and also a small corner of Northeast Anchorage in the Muldoon area. And it's a really interesting district. Um, I'm, I was really surprised to see it stretched that way. But that's where I represent. I yeah, would I, represent. I pulled it up on a map and that's a large area. Yeah, you know, if, if Moose and Bear could vote, I'd be in. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, actually, the Bears won't be awake in time. But, <laughs> you know, you know, that <laughs> I, yeah, that's kind of the way I felt. My last district, if you're curious later, was District 12. And it was a similar size. Uh, with fewer people, it was a lot more mm -hmm. rural, and uh, and I'm on the edge of that. So, yeah, it was again if moose could vote, because I like moose. <laughs> <laughs> there, 
So what are your core issues? Well, I have several. One issue that I, I don't get a chance to talk about too often, and I'm going to mention it now and then get into the ones that will impact the yeah. assembly more. But I've, I've always had an interest in taking care of our seniors so that we can, we, we need to think of the seniors who are vulnerable and also mm-hmm. the seniors who perhaps they're not vulnerable, perhaps they're not suffering from any dementia and, and they have money, but for instance, they've quit driving and they need they want to go somewhere they just need to go to the grocery store and in our area because it's 10 miles away from what we call the anchorage bowl the taxi cabs don't necessarily want to come out and give them a ride if they're only going to go five or six blocks Mm -hmm. so so i think that's an issue you know where where can we help seniors still maintain their active lives in the community whether it's via transportation or special programming or what but how can we help them still enjoy their life in that sense. And then how are we monitoring the vulnerable seniors who are in assisted living homes and we're being monitored mostly by a volunteer force from the long-term care ombudsman's office, which is an office that every state has. It was actually established, um, I believe Jimmy Carter established it. Mm -hmm. And every state has it and it's basically considered a volunteer concept. They have the main office, which has what they call the ombudsman, and then they have a few caseworkers, but they really count on volunteers to go out and uh, just make surprise visits on assisted living homes and just just kind visits, nice ones, and just check things out. Um, and, and I did that for a while myself. It was really great because I actually got sent up to Barrow and Nome and Kotzebue, and, and you don't just go there. You know, that's... <laughs> That's that's a place that it's really cool. If someone says we need you in Kotzebue, you say sure. Where do I catch the plane? Because <laughs> you know, when else are you going to get to go? <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So I I really enjoy watching out for seniors, and I think sometimes that they aren't as represented as as we'd like on that end. So that's a big one. Obviously, education is huge to me. I believe education is the cornerstone of our society. What we do with children and help children when they're young is going to make a difference later on even even in high school what we do in kindergarten and how we teach them about how wonderful they are and how well they could learn you know just constantly letting them get excited about being part Mm -hmm. of society is huge and and to cut that or to minimize any of that is really going to add trouble along the line Um, We already know the statistics for uh, people who might be incarcerated that quite a few of them didn't graduate from high school. Quite a Mm -hmm. few of them had broken homes. And we, you know, the statistics are there that the more we can take care of young children, the better off society is. So that's a big deal for me. And of course, my local issue, (laughs) which is huge as well, is this transportation piece. The municipality of Anchorage is right next to the Mount Nuska-Sisitna borough. And you've probably heard of Wasilla mm-hmm. because we've we had a famous person come from Wasilla, Alaska. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, I'm familiar. Yeah, so so that area is pretty much the second largest area of growth. It's the largest area of growth in the state, but it's it's also um, a major area where people commute into Anchorage. And then people in Eagle River, Chugiak, Eagle River and Chugiak's right between Wasilla and the Anchorage, the city itself. So my concept is we need to be looking forward to a, a light rail system. We already have the ability um, to 
take a train into the airport, thanks to Uncle Ted, uh, Ted Stevens. He got us money to get that train station in and so mm -hmm. that we could create that. And if we could um, work with a light rail, we could do several things. One, it could help our environment. That's a big issue for me always. Is how, right. how can we keep our air as clean as it is up here? You know, what, how can we savor what we've got? And the other, the other is that if people can't get to work, they're not going to work. And when you're stretched out up here, we've almost developed a climate where people have to have a car or they can't go anywhere. And mm -hmm. if you're a young person and you just bought a beater car and it dies on you one day and you can't get to work, you're in danger of losing your job, especially if it you know it happens more than once, if you don't have a backup. So um, we have had some good bus service out here in the Chugiak Eagle River uh, several years ago when I was teaching at the high school. I remember the bus came by the high school every day. And the kids who stayed after school could get on it. The kids who wanted to go into town or even into Eagle River because the school was about three miles away could get on it. Well, you know, eventually budget cuts took that route away. So now they only left this one commuter route that you'd have to catch at 645 in the morning. And then you have to stay in Anchorage, which at this point is 20 miles away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. From where I live, 21 miles away. So you're you catch the bus in and you have to stay all day until you catch it out. So if you just need to go in for an interview, a doctor's appointment, it, it's not as convenient. And um, it also doesn't work with swing shift. And, and we do know that most of our people who need mass transit are going to work the swing shift jobs. And, you know, the, the three to midnight, the waiting tables at night, the custodial jobs, the, you know, any service job, anyone who is open until past six o'clock, those people are going to be needing transportation. And then what has just gone on is more budget cuts, and they have decided to take that bus away. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and they've decided to replace it with some van service that will only go as far as Eagle River. So not only are they taking the bus away, they're not replacing it so that the people further out than Eagle River can get on. For instance, I have a park and ride very close to my house, and that means it won't even come out to that park and ride. So that's a big issue to me. I, I just think it's going backwards. And Chugiak Eagle River is the one area, since Anchorage is running out of space to build, um, Chugiak Eagle River is one place that has space. And Anchorage, the, what we have a heritage land bank. It's a kind of a, a system of keeping track of municipal properties. And they're looking, along with um, one of our native corporations out here, Eklutna Inc., are into building homes that will bring you know, 2,000 new homes in, in the next decade, if not more, and and we're cutting mass transit. <laughs> so yeah, I see that we need to look forward and look at that. How is that highway going to handle it? And could we put a light rail in for the same cost as an extra lane on the highway? You know, what can we do in looking forward? So I'm, I'm very, obviously very interested in that. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. something that's big for me. I I just really believe that sometimes the Chugiak Eagle River area gets cut out. Now, the nice thing is that these commuter buses could also stop by um, the bases more. But, uh, you know, it could help It could help a lot of people. Um, not everyone on J-Bear is a two-car family. And so I, I think we just have to look at it holistically. Yeah. I think a lot of people, especially if you are used to living in a city where you know, there's bus stops on every other corner or <laughs> um, some sort of uh, metro or dart station. Exactly. It, you, you forget how difficult it is 
when you get rural to actually, you know, go to the store if you don't have a car mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that. And and sometimes rural is a uh, um I is a a requirement of your lifestyle. Yeah. You, know, you you may be a farmer, which we do. Uh Matsu Valley, of course, has is famous for its, you know, huge vegetables. Oh, I can't say huge too often. Don't let me say that word too much. The gigantic <laughs> vegetables. The large vegetables. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, and you're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've traveled quite a bit, and I I always enjoy using the mass transit. I um, I've taken students outside for journalism com- conferences. I'm a, a retired journalism teacher, and so we would go. Uh, we've been to Dallas, uh, mm-hmm. and we've been to Washington D.C. and San Francisco, and you know I I think I've taken them to at least 15 different cities over my 25 years, including New York City, and. We always made a point of using mass transit when we could. One, because renting a car was just not practical once you get in the city. And so, boy, when we were in San Francisco, it was our goal. We had to take a different form of transportation. So we we had the guy on the bike. That was really fun. (laughs) We had had a a limo one time. We took the streetcar. We took the trolley car. um, And we even took a cab once. But the whole goal was how many different ways can we get someplace? We certainly couldn't do that here. But in the summer, we do have a lot of that happening for tourism in, in Anchorage proper, this mm-hmm. the bowl area. We have people who ride bikes and take people around. And, but summer's just three months, so four months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of the rest of the year yeah, to cover. Exactly, exactly. So, But you're right, yeah, mass transit in the cities is great. Yeah. So you are not the usual uh, new candidate. You know, there's a lot of young women who are getting mm-hmm. into politics and who have been really inspired. So why now for you? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, actually, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm in my late 50s. And and anyone can look me up anywhere online probably and find my exact age. <laughs> so I'm not even worried about it. But, you know, I think that the people in my generation, we probably in the early years, unless we were put into politics right away, um, i.e. we had a family in the politics, we probably didn't see it as attainable. And, and mm-hmm. I think it's specifically for women, although there have been some powerful women politicians in Alaska who've been role models to me. And so um, Arla Strujalewski is one, Fran Ulmer is another, and, I, and incidentally, one is a Republican, one's a Democrat. But they, you know, they were just powerful women who cared about Alaska, and they, they cared to step in, and they pushed themselves forward. And I think at my age, once there was no family to take care of, that was a big one. But up here, in Juneau is 800 miles away, so it's like an hour and a half airplane flight or jet flight. And so... Mm-hmm. To run for a state house office, you're you're running to say that for three to four months you're going to be away from home. If you can afford to come home on weekends, you will. But once sent the session gets going, you're going seven days a week. And so, um, I think people who have regular jobs that can't be interrupted, i.e., a teacher or someone who has a job that um, they're not in control of would have problems running. So that immediately limits some people. And then in my case, I would probably have run right out of, run for something right out of my retirement. But my mother had Alzheimer's and I was the only Mm -hmm. um, child of hers here in Alaska. And 
um, you know, I, that's something I can't leave at all for. And she needed to be my number one priority, along with my husband, of course, who's been incredibly supportive for everything I've done. Um, so, so that, you know, that was a big deal. And I think, I think a lot of us get in that sandwich generation where you're taking care of children, you're taking care of parents. Yeah. And when one goes wrong on either side, or you're doing both, uh, running for office is just not the first thing you can do. So I think that's a real challenge for people my age, or at least women my age, especially. <laughs> oh, yeah. And especially doing something, you know, it's scary for anybody who's been doing the same thing for a long time. And then let's try something completely different well, now. Yeah. Well, you know, I did have I did have a brother-in-law who was in the state house at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was in my district. And I had decided for a while that I just, I, I wasn't going to run against him uh, just because of the family issue. Yeah. And so I waited until he decided to move on to the Senate to run. So that probably slowed me down only two years um, in that in that concept. And I, you know, I'll be real honest. I always was looking at the state house. Now that I'm looking at assembly, I'm actually glad because I'll be in the community more. I think the assembly, it's, it's easier. I think the assembly is a place that I wish more women would say, you know what? They meet at night. You can still have your job. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, and, and I think that's, that's a place that we really need people to run. And I'm, um, I, I've seen more women run even for school board. But, you know, in, even in this election, I think there are, only four women out of all of the races. There's tw- out of twenty people running for assembly. There's only two women running, and out of all of it, there's only four women total running for school board and or uh, assembly. So, I've heard a lot of women in their thirties and twenties. Some have children, some don't, and I, I bet that's a challenge for them. It would have been right. for me, um, but they're getting they're getting more interested in the campaigning. And I know two women out here who have talked to me and had considered running and they decided to wait and let me run and then get on my campaign and learn. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we have another assembly seat up in two years and then they would be ready to hit the ground running because they'll already have that experience. So I think that's really important, too, for those of us who are involved to encourage younger women I mean, from the moment they can think politics, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just got a an email from a, a high school student that wants to know my answers to three questions she sent me. And so tonight I'm going to answer that. But I think that's great. I know yeah. she's still in high school. She says she is. And she has three questions. And she's, I think she's asking all of us. And uh, I have a feeling my questions will be a little bit different. I mean, my answers will be a little bit different than the other uh, other candidates. Yeah, so I think that's a big thing. In, in running, going back to age, at my age, why I get into it, uh, part of it is the job I had, and the other part is uh, taking care of elderly parents. And my parents were older because they were World War II parents, mm-hmm. and so they were a little bit older than my, my contemporaries' parents. So you mentioned before we started recording that the Anchorage School District is incredibly diverse. It is um, Anchorage, it, and people would not believe this, but <laughs> if you were to search, you know, the the most diverse high school and the school with most diversity in high school and middle school, and I, I'm guessing elementary, but I know those two, they're in Anchorage, Alaska. We have the the most diverse high school and the most and the second most diverse as well, 
and then the most diverse middle school. And so um, I think we might even have the second most diverse middle school too. But we have a, a, lar a lot of communities up here. We have a large Samoan community, a large Korean community. We definitely have more, more people from uh, Nigeria right now and from Somalia. Really? Yeah, we, we took in a lot of, um, the State Department placed a lot of refugees up here. And so we have quite a few people there. Of course, part of it too started when we were a, a crossroads for the airport. It was an international airport that, while the Soviet Union was still the Soviet Union, people couldn't travel over their airspace. And so Anchorage was a key point to, to land and go through. So it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just come from there. But those are those are large groups. We oh the Hmong community is huge. We have a large Hmong community, H M O N G Hmong, and that's uh, so interesting. Yeah, I think I, most people down you know in the states uh, down here think oh, oh well you know it's Alaska Native and white. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and obviously we have we have uh, um, I I think our African American community is is definitely larger, and our Hispanic community is huge. But our Alaska Natives, um, I want to say they. Is it 12%? But that's, you know, that's obviously another large and very significant group in Anchorage. And uh, so you, you just, you, you know, seriously, we have all corners of the world. We, we probably even have Texans. <laughs> that was an inside joke for Emily, everybody. That had nothing to do with anything. I love Texas. When I went there, they were wonderful to me. <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So does your local government reflect that diversity that's in the well, community? I think the school board has been has started to one issue with the diversity has been language barriers. That's you know, that's oh, another yeah. issue I think that I would like to work with more is you know, we have we have a good program for helping kids who enter our city. Um, they actually go to a separate school for a while to kind of get acclimated into being into a into a city, a winter city, much less, and uh, going into large schools and learning the basics of language. And then we have we have a great ESL program that takes over for the kids once they get in the schools. English is a second language, but I I always worry about the parents. Mm -hmm. You know, it and again it goes back to public transportation. If those parents can't get to evening classes, mm -hmm. then then you know they're they're stuck. And I know there's a lot of people who would actually love to have more help with their English. So I think that has slowed it down. However, that being said, um, I think we have some some great leaders of the Samoan community that I hope run sometime. Of course, we had a our chair was African American, and that's L.V. Gray Jackson, and she was fantastic. So it's going to be hard to fill her shoes. We may end up with a little more diversity if some of our races win, including we might be able to have some LGBT representation on the on the assembly. Mm -hmm. If we've got two people who are strong contenders that would fit right in there, and that's helpful because that has been an issue in the past, but Anchorage is becoming more and more uh, welcoming, and uh, there's still a conservative section that is having problems with the changes mm -hmm. but Anchorage is definitely going in the direction of being more welcoming and uh, accepting and so I think that's going to be really nice to have that and then of course if Suzanne LaFrance or I can get in then at least we'll have two women if not three on the assembly yeah so that would be great 
So what kind of obstacles have you faced so far in your campaign? Um, well, you know, interestingly enough, money is always an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And another interesting obstacle is that because of the where the area I'm in, there aren't usually, you know, you go out and you grab the leaders in the community that have run before that are, you know, that can support you. Well, in, in, again, I'm in a very conservative area and I have a, a amazing group of people who live in the area who have been incredibly supportive. But to be able to say, hey, um, Mr. Going Outgoing Assembly Person or, or Ms. Current Assemblywoman, would you endorse me? That's, that's not working because they're each endorsing another of the conservative candidates. Okay. And, and so we don't have that history on that. So that's one challenge. The other challenge is uh, it's always money. You know, everything costs. And, I, and while I'm doing very well with donations and people are very supportive, it's, it costs a lot of money to run a campaign because every mm-hmm. mailing is going to cost you 2500 bucks at least. And if you want to do two, there's $5,000. And then you, you know, pretty soon, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on a low budget um, and I'm really counting on volunteers, but it's, I think money's a hard one. And the other one is um, family politics sometimes gets in the way, but yeah. that's just something that you just deal with. And, but otherwise I have found it to be very rewarding and very few blocks that can't be overcome. You know, I've not found anything that has just stopped me in the tracks and said, Oh, you can't do that. Being a woman, because I'm from this area and I've taught so many of the kids here, I don't see, I don't think people see me as a partisan person, nor as a woman who's new to politics. Mm-hmm. I think they see me as Miss Wemhoff or Gretchen. And they see me as a neighbor. And they see me as someone that they see on the street. So I don't think those kind of hassles are there. However, I will tell you that that it hasn't always been that way. It's um, especially for my generation, you know, we're still, it's kind of nice to see that we have helped raise a generation or two behind us to say, you want to do what? Because I'm a woman, you know, I think it caught a lot of younger women by surprise when that happened in our latest presidential race. Mm -hmm. And I I think they were kind of like, huh, where are you coming from? And so, whereas I can remember, not being able to be a crossing guard at school when I was in sixth grade because I was a girl or oh, wow. Yeah. Little things like that, that, you know, eventually we've gotten rid of title nines come in, you know, things have changed. I love the women's soccer team. That's saying, Hey, why don't you pay us more? We're more successful. Yes. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm just seeing these things. I'm seeing a lot of great female role models come out and, um, and those role models, they, there were great ones ahead of me that I admired. And I think that, that's what we have to do for people who are growing up too. And I think we've done a good job moving forward. I just think we became a little complacent knowing that we haven't totally uh, achieved the goal that we need, which is total equality. Mm-hmm. But we need that young, um, vibrant, educated, strong voice that I'm seeing showing up saying, you, you don't know what you're talking about get out of the way, I'm running for office. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm loving to watch. And that's why I'm so excited about your program because I think it's 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 another step to show people that um, you can do this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm just a, a personal note. I'm a uh, an asthmatic, but they've mm-hmm. come a long way with medications. And uh, in 2004, I started taking a medication that changed my life and because they've come a long way. 
And I did for the first time in my life, I did a triathlon. And, wow. Yeah, and if you had told me, now granted, I walked the run. I did not run the run. I walked the run. But I swam the swam, I biked the bike, and then I walked the run. And one person said to me, she said, if you show up, you're going to finish. If you show up, you're going to finish. Now, whether yeah. you win or lose, you know, I certainly wasn't in to win the triathlon. And on this race, I'm here to win. But if I don't, I still did not lose. And I think that the message is you've got to show up to give yourself a chance. You know, if you don't show up, then you're you're missing a great chance. And... You know, you can show up and, and run a low-budget campaign just to see what it's like and accept that you might not win just so you can get your feet wet or get your message out. Because every, even if you're not a contender to win, you're still invited to all the forums and mm -hmm. you're, still, you're still interviewed by all the media so you can still get your message out and then people will know you and then the next time you do it. Now, when someone told me that my first time, I was like, you want me to do this again? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but now I get it. Well, now I get it. So my advice to um, young women is to show up. Just show up. And whether it's a community council president or it's a city council or a PTA or a, a Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions, anything, just start going just start getting involved in whatever group you're in. And then when you're ready to take that step, throw your name in the hat. So, <laughs> I, yeah, if you stay true to who you are and you don't throw rocks when they're not deserved, then what the outcome is going to be positive. And I do believe people are looking for open-minded people to run run the place. I will say it's not only the young women that are interesting candidates because I am loving talking to you right now. I think you are such a fascinating woman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so you mentioned volunteers. Uh, where can people find you if they want to get involved with your campaign? Well, excellent. Um, I actually, I have a website and it's www. That's uh, Willie Wacky Wemhoff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, teamgretchen.com okay. team, team and they can also email me um, and I'll if, if you'd like me to give you that it's Gretchen Wemhoff G-R-E-T-C-H-E-N W-E-H-M-H-O-F-F -F at gmail but definitely if you go to my website there's a place people can log on to volunteer or become part of my email blasts um, they can donate they can do anything they'd like they can ask me a question you don't even have to sign up to volunteer. They can just ask me a question. Well, Gretchen, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've oh, enjoyed I've, it so much. I've enjoyed it too. Thank you. And that's it for today's episode. If you have been finding yourself struggling, I hope our conversation helped you as much as it helped me this week. Thank you again to my guest, Gretchen Weimhoff. You can find Gretchen's campaign Facebook page at Team Gretchen, which I love, and her website is teamgretchen.com. Thanks for listening to She's Running. I'm Emily Jackson, and I'd love to hear what you think of our show. Give me a shout on Twitter at, at She's Running Pod. If you are enjoying the show, please tell your friends. Rate, review, and subscribe to She's Running on iTunes. You doing that helps other people find out about this podcast. And more people listening means more people hearing these amazing women tell their stories.
Oh, we got another review on iTunes, and I just wanted to say thanks. Last week, <laughs> MPDBP, no consonants needed, said that they learned something new every episode and left feeling inspired. Aw, thanks. You can find She's Running on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She's Running Pod. Follow us, like us, share, and retweet. And I will say that um, if you follow us on Instagram, I just posted a picture of me doing this recording with my uh, silent co-host Penny, one of my dogs, in the background helping. She does not find this nearly as entertaining as I do. (laughs) Next week, uh, please tune in because we've got a great interview with another awesome woman who is uh, running in Columbus, Ohio, Amy Harkins. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.